bullying program may contain traces of irony, sarcasm, satire, parody, mockery, banter, caricature, and nuts. The opinions expressed are almost certainly not shared by self-appointed officious dictatorial wowsers. If you are dangerously irony deficient or allergic to mockery of the self-important and corrupt, then get a life. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to stand up for all life here on our Mother Earth as we have another episode of the Environmental As Anything show coming your way today. Thank you for joining me. I'm Sean O'Shaughnessy. I'm very glad to have your company and uh, I hope that you will enjoy the show as much as I'm enjoying putting it together for you. We are producing this show and listening to it being broadcast here in the Bunjalung uh, Nation on the lands of the Widjibawaiable people. These are stolen lands which were never ceded and remain the property of their original inhabitants here for 60,000 years and more. So uh, I pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging and just say sorry for the mess and thank you for your patience uh, and forbearance while we try to clean it up. We are, of course, deep in the, uh, the, the, at the end, the final day of the campaign for a referendum to uh, bring about a voice to Parliament for our First Nations people here in Australia. And uh, what a torturous uh, ride it has turned into as uh, there have been uh, so much uh, in the way of disinformation and uh, uh, and dishonesty spread about uh, this simple uh, proposal to uh, to create uh, a, a secure and permanent uh, voice for our indigenous people to speak to uh, the, uh, the the parliaments the, the Parliament of Australia. So, uh, but we are at the end of that now. So we'll um, today we'll find out. We'll t- by tonight uh, we'll know uh, one way or the other whether we are going to actually achieve that great outcome for of a voice to Parliament uh, uh, for our First Nations people, or whether it will have been scotched by the uh, the, the mischievous and uh, the racist uh, in our community. But anyway, we will uh, have a little bit of uh, information about The Voice coming up, but uh, not a, not uh, too much. We've got a lot going on on the show. We've got... Uh, we've got uh, it's been a big week, of course, as always, for the, uh, the planet Earth. Well, some of the things that have been going on around Australia uh, is, the, uh, is the continued attack on our freedom of speech, our freedom of association, our right to protest is uh, under a severe assault from, uh, from governments of all stripes all over this country. Uh, over the last few weeks, we've uh, heard from, uh, well, David McBride, the whistleblower for the ADF and his freedom of speech to be able to stand up and speak truth to power. Uh, and we had uh, being, being assaulted and his, the threat to him of being thrown in jail. Of course, there are events last night and the night before here in Lismore with David McBride and also one of our other recent guests, uh, John Shipton. Both of whom have come to uh, to try to promote the cause of free speech here, and uh, great turnout, enthusiastic, warm welcome from the people of Lismore. Uh, David McBride continually uh, de- expressing his gratitude for our support, so that was very heartening, uh, and. Um 
hopeful that uh, maybe there there can be a positive outcome for uh, for David and also for Julian Assange, who is of course John Shipton's uh, son and who for whom he has uh, tirelessly advocated. Also, last week we were talking about um, or talking to uh, the uh, Talia from the, the Disrupt Burrup Hub movement over in. Uh, Western Australia, where the freedom of the press was under attack by the Western Australia terrorist police uh, and the ABC being ordered to hand over its sources for the Four Corners program uh, and, uh, in you know, in contravention of every uh, standard and convention of uh, freedom of expression and uh, professional journalism. Uh, and editorial independence, but uh, no, it's not. It doesn't end there. This week, uh, further examples of uh, the suppression of free speech have been abounding. Uh, in Tasmania, uh, there was, of course, Dr. Colette Harmson released from her three-month sentence uh, in Tasmanian prison for having stood up for uh, an end to native forest logging and for the protection of our precious native forests. Uh, she's just spent that three months in jail. I've got an interview with her, which I had from her just the other day when I was uh, able to speak to her on the day of her release. So we'll be having that coming up in the show very soon. And uh, But also we'll be speaking to a couple of other people who are facing down the threat of, uh, of, of legal action for their courageous and peaceful actions to try to highlight the climate emergency and to persuade governments in uh, in. In, uh, in both in Brisbane and in uh, the ACT to, uh, to, to do something effective about uh, the, uh, the, the, the climate emergency that we all face. And uh, those, uh, those people now facing some fairly uh, stiff penalties in both of those jurisdictions uh, as, uh, you know, the, the right to protest is actually uh, suppressed. So I'm looking forward to speaking to John Worker from the Appia 5, from the ACT, uh, XR and movement, and he will be bringing us the story of the Appia 5, uh, where they stood up against the fossil fuel industry uh, headquarters there in Canberra. Uh, blocked several of their entrances uh, for a couple of hours, and uh, and then are now are now facing some fairly severe court action uh, as a result of that. And then of and then also looking forward to speaking to Sasha from Brisbane, uh, who was part of the uh, Parliament Fourteen, as they're calling themselves, the group of fourteen people who spent three minutes in the uh, gallery of the Queensland Parliament calling for a uh, an, an end to new coal, gas and oil exploration and uh, and development and uh, and as a consequence are now facing the possibility of three years in prison. Uh, so uh, three minutes of protest for three years in prison, that's what they've been saying. So we'll be we're hearing all of that coming up in the show. But wait, there's more. We know, not only do we have all of that, but we also have Liz Moore's leading legal expert on the defence of uh, the protectors of our climate and forests, Eddie Lloyd, a criminal uh, lawyer who has been defending uh, those protectors through the courts and has got a unique perspective on the legal issues, uh, not only here but around the country, for the defence of the environment. Eddie will be joining us later in the show to wrap us up with a, an analysis of the, the bigger picture. Uh-huh. 
You're tuned in to Environmental As Anything. We'll be back with our feature on uh, the threat to freedom of speech here in Australia. Uh, please stay with us. Okay, it's um, great to be here with a, a lot of uh, fellow forest savers and campaigners to welcome Coles back out of the prison in which um, the Labor and Liberal politicians landed them. On the laws of nature, it should have been them in jail, not Colette, for destroying the birthright of Tasmanians, their future and our wildlife. But that's not the case, but it's coming. Our aim is to end native forest logging, and we will end native forest logging, and it's people like you, Colette, who are paving the way for that, showing that we all have to be strong, but their laws aren't going to stop them because they can't lock up our heart. They can't lock up our belief in defending the forest. That's not for taking away. Yeah. You understand the collateral? Us. I guess, and how, inspiration, how inspirational is Colette to the Bob Brown? Uh, Colette's a champion and she inspires me, she inspires all of us and uh, she might not um, feel this but it, she's sent a ripple of real strength to people who want the forest save right around Australia. While Colette's been in jail, I've been travelling a lot and everywhere people are asking me, how's Colette going down there? We're really with her. And all the polls show that most Australians want native forest logging stopped, our wildlife protected. And Colette has shown that we're not going to sidelined. We're in there to save the forest, and that means we'll do all we peaceably can. And thank you for the inspiration you've given us, Colette. Well, today is a momentous day. We've been covering the uh, issues of freedom of speech here in Australia at some length on Environmental as Anything, and uh, I'm very pleased to have with me uh, Colette Harmison, who is a 47-year-old veterinarian and peaceful forest protector with the Bob Brown Foundation. She was sentenced to jail for peaceful protest in Tasmania's threatened forests back in mid-July and has today been released from her three-month sentence. Colette, thank you for joining Environmental as Anything today. Thanks for inviting me to speak, Sean. Well, it's important that your voice is heard. A lot of uh, time and energy has gone into as trying to suppress your freedom of speech, so uh, I'm glad to have you here with us to voice your concerns. Can you tell us uh, a bit about the background of your story? Can you tell us how and why you ended up being arrested and put in prison for three months? Yeah, sure. Um I've been uh, pretty active with like, non-violent direct action for about um, 17 years now uh, and uh, have been arrested uh, over 20 times for peaceful environmental protest. Um, most of those arrests have been um, locking onto machinery or gates or blocking roads uh, to stop work in areas of forest where they are um, logging uh, native forests, uh, forests that are 
uh, special to many endangered species, but also just home to all the fantastic um, native wildlife that we uh, we call our own Tassie special wildlife. And so that's a, a you know a, a big commitment over a long time. And 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 what so what was it the specific event that uh, that brought you to where you are today? Uh, well, I guess it was a cumulative um, effect of all the you know continued um, arrests in Tassie forests. Um, I I feel like uh, the government is spectacularly ignoring um, really good science and uh, really good scientists who have have shown um, irrefutably that we are doing the wrong thing when it comes to climate. Uh, and one of the ways that we can protect and help um, our climate is to protect forests. And so I, um, I decided that uh, because the scientists were being ignored, um, something a little bit more stronger and uh, heavy-handed needed to be done, and I guess that was uh, that's where I got involved in putting my uh, body on the line to try and um, physically stop um, these um, vandalism acts in the forests from going ahead. Mm, yep. And so it was uh, it was mining in Tasmania's northwest that you were actually arrested for protesting on this latest occasion, wasn't it? Yeah, so in Takaina Tarkine, um, there's fantastic rainforest there that um, that will blow your mind away if you ever get to see it. And um, basically, they're planning to um, to dig open cut mining pits uh, to retrieve um, minerals out of the um, out of mountainous areas covered in ancient rainforest. And uh, I'm outraged that they would even contemplate doing that um you know the the effect would be um permanent and disgusting for the landscape and uh so yeah i decided to take a stand with all my um activist colleagues and um stop work there well done um the uh the the, the magistrate said that you would no doubt learn a lesson from your imprisonment can you tell us what lessons you've taken away from your period in time inside uh, the, the the jail yeah yeah i've had a uh, um fairly long amount of time to think hard about um rehabilitation and that sort of thing i think it's pretty obvious that uh, people don't really uh, get rehabilitated in the in the jail system. Um, I think if they did, um, you know, they'd be less reoffending, but also for environmental in, uh, environmental activists like myself, um, they'd probably um, they'd probably have to try and force me to stop caring about the environment in order to rehabilitate me. Mm, mm. Which and obviously they didn't do. Well, that's good news. I mean, you've, you've spent a lot of time. You haven't just been a protester. As I said earlier, you are a vet. And you've also you've worked for eight years uh, in the uh, the Tasmanian government's Save the Tasmanian Devil program. Uh, yeah. You know, you, 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 you are a scientist uh, and you understand uh, the science around uh, ecology. Uh, what what do you think uh, is the disconnect here in in Tasmania and in Australia for the protection of our forests? Why are, is not the the scientific argument being listened to by our government? So so basically, I think um, the governments just want that uh, jobs and growth approach to pretty much everything. And if 
if they uh, continue with that kind of um, attitude, then we're going to uh, have some major clim- climate change uh, implications. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to end up in a really, really terrible state mm. Mm. Uh, that's probably going to need um, uh, far more repair than we could ever do if we stopped buggering it up right now. Mm. Mm. How does it actually feel to be, to be out and to be free? I mean, I feel a little bit like I'm dreaming. Mm. I don't really feel like I've woken up and gotten out of bed yet. Mm-hmm. Um, all my fantastic supporters were there with me in Parliament lawns and it was warming and beautiful to be with them all. And uh, they made a song about doing it for the forests and it was, you know, really lovely. And so um, I'll just have to uh, take baby steps and work out how to, how to be a responsible adult in the real world. Uh, and get back into activism in the best way that I can. Mm, yes, and the um, that support has been uh, fairly widespread. And and uh, I know up here in Lismore we had a rally for forests, and you were able to phone us from the prison <laughs> briefly, which was uh, which was a welcome uh, lift for us all and inspiring for everybody there. How how has yeah. that support been felt by you? Have you have you been aware of the the levels of support in the community for you while you were locked up? Definitely, I've felt a whole lot of support while I've been uh, in jail. The whole three months I've had people writing to me from all around Australia and, and even overseas. Um, and it's, you know, I wanted to to inspire other people to to get active and, and do something for the environment and for Tassie's forests. And um, I, I think maybe a few people have been inspired and that's, that's the, the main thing. Mm. Um, but also um, very excited um, to be able to feel the love from everybody. It was really exciting, like <laughs> ringing into the um, to the rallies, both the one in Hobart and the one in Lismore. And um, Violet Coco is actually in Tassie with me um, at the moment, so that's really exciting. She came down uh, to to visit today, and. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I I was punished for uh, ringing into those uh, actions, but uh, it was it was certainly worth so much more than the punishment that they dished out. Mm, yeah, and and punishment was another issue that uh, that it, that I, I thought we should talk about. It seems uh, strange that you should be punished for uh, for for protecting the the life support system that uh, that we all depend upon. But uh, you know. What was the experience of uh, being inside that prison like? Was it was it terribly punishing to actually be in there? How how was how was your interaction with uh, other prisoners and uh, and the the authorities inside the prison? Look, um, I made a lot of really good friends while I was in prison. Um, the ladies, the inmates, um, I found them to be friendly and approachable and and really lovely, and I enjoyed the company of those inmates at, at the Mary Hutchinson's Women's Prison. Uh, and, and that really helped because, you know, they were supportive and kind and friendly. And uh, I was felt really fortunate to be able to experience that. Um, yeah, so that was, that was a pleasant surprise mm. with the whole jail situation. Mm, mm. 
Oh, well, good. Well, that's good. It, it, it doesn't. And so, so what next for you? What do you think you'll be doing next uh, regarding? Well, you know, today and then for the rest of you know this year and and onwards for uh, uh, for, for your future activities. Do you do you think you'll be going back to protest in the forest? Uh, what, what, how do you see uh, the future? Well, Sean, I can't wait to get back into the forests. It's been a long time since I've actually been allowed to be there. I've had bail conditions for uh, since June last year that have prevented me from going more than 30 k's from my, my home, mm. um, which has excluded me from um, well, most of Tasmania. Uh, so I'm pretty excited to be able to go out to those forests and, uh, and protest in those forests. I don't plan to get arrested. Uh, but I certainly plan to protest. Mm, yeah, well, good on you. And what will you be hoping from others who have, uh, you know, who have heard your story and and maybe inspired by it? What would you ask them to do? Uh, I think if they haven't yet discovered nonviolent direct action as a training exercise, it's it's where you learn how to be. Um, uh, a better activist and understand the situation that you're going into so you can be best informed of how to how to approach it and how to respond to whatever happens. Um, I'm going to be running NVDA trainings uh, in Hobart or in the forests and I'd encourage everybody to, to get involved in those. We run them for free uh, and uh, you can look them up on the Bob Brown Foundation website. Great. Yeah, get trained up, get ready to get into some direct action. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, look, Colette, I know that you must be uh, in demand. I saw you hugging your mum uh, earlier on, a, yeah, on the live yeah. stream. Uh, there must be lots of people who want to give you a hug and, uh, and, and be able to spend, you know, you'd like to spend some time. Perhaps you'd like some, some alone time. I don't know. But um, <laughs> thank you for sharing your story with Environmental as Anything today. We really appreciate it. That's okay. And uh, let's go save those forests. Let's get out there and end native forest logging, eh? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. How um, much of a de de deterrent do you think the state's new anti-protest anti laws are proving to be? Well, the aim of the big parties is to have a chilling effect on peaceful protest. But they need to know that the High Court has upheld the right of Australians to peaceful protest under our constitution. And uh, that chill simply makes the dam burst when it comes bigger. Australians aren't going to put up with the ongoing destruction of their heritage, their cultural heritage, their natural heritage. And um, the huge move against it, and the polls show that every political party is swimming against the tide if they don't put an end to native forest logging, because that's what the voters want. But the voting's not enough, action's what's required. People shouldn't get depressed about this, they should get active. And that's why I love what Colette's done, because she's saying we can stand against these iniquitous laws which don't have a place in a democracy. They should be in a, a dictatorship. They're more appropriate in Russia than they are in Tasmania, but they won't stop us from moving to defend the forest and the wildlife in them. A protest now as active as ever. I think they're more active. I can feel the whole thing building. And certainly our foundation is finding new supporters all the time. New people who want to, want to know how to take part in protests. New people who want to become active. 
rather than be depressed about the way the environment's been mistreated by politicians. That was, of course, the voice of legendary Australian environmental activist and Senator for Tasmania, Bob Brown. He was speaking on the occasion of the release of Dr Colette Harmson from her three-month sentence in a Tasmanian prison for standing up to protect Tasmanian native forests from the bulldozers of the corporate miners and loggers. Radio Free Europe from REM from 1983. My goodness me, I must be showing my age because I love that song. And uh, that was the uh, the halcyon days for uh, for rock and roll for me anyway. Anyway, Radio Free Europe on our theme of freedom uh, today. We've been uh, we've just heard that uh, interview I did with uh, Dr. Colette Harmson yesterday, and also uh, topped and tailed with Bob Brown's uh, introduction and uh, conclusion on uh, those the issues brought up around uh, the uh, the native forest logging uh, battle. So. Um, the battle is bigger than that, of course. Uh, we all uh, know that the climate emergency is engulfing us here in Lismore. We've uh, seen more of it than most. And uh, on the 27th of February, the anniversary of the climate fueled Lismore floods, five Canberrans were arrested for obstructing the building that houses the APIA, which is the Australian uh, Petroleum Products uh, uh, Association, HQ, the mouthpiece of the gas and oil industry. APIA perniciously influences climate policy and their members are recklessly expanding gas production in a climate emergency. So the, uh, the APIA 5, have they've become known, uh, have blocked and glued onto the main entrances of the 12-storey building and others climbed up into the balcony to display a banner. They've taken a staunch stance to demand no new coal and gas and the government implement a strong safeguard mechanism to cut emissions with no unlimited and no dodgy office offsets. The, uh, the five are now charged with unreasonable obstruction and face court for standing up for the climate uh, between the 31st of October and the 2nd of November. So, uh, uh, as, what I, and I'm very, very happy to have one of those uh, courageous uh, climate uh, activists here on the, the line, and that's uh, John Worker from uh, the Appia Five. Uh, John was brought up uh, in the Hunter uh, region next to those coal mines and uh, he uh, he went and got himself a, a, a qualifications in economics and agriculture and has worked as a, an accountant an economist and uh, in the international development sector and now has been dedicating his life to trying to uh, to fight the climate emergency for us all so John thank you very much for joining environmental as anything today Thank you, Sean. Uh, great to be on your program. Well, look, it's a privilege to have uh, you know uh, people of courage like yourself who are willing to stand up and be counted for our climate. It affects us all, and it was uh, you know a great great thanks to you and the rest of the Appia Five from everybody here in Lismore who uh, you know has been uh, devastated by those uh, those climate emergency floods. Can you tell me? John, uh, you know, what happened on the day? What was that like? What was your experience of the day uh, when you were uh, were actually, you know, uh, blocking a few of those entrances there? Yeah. Uh, Sean, we've got a, a quite a strong climate action movement in Canberra 
and that action um, that action was an escalation of a number of actions that were taken at the APA headquarters um, well, over years now, and uh, they're not listening, and so we put an ultimatum to them to uh, to uh, um, you know, basically change their ways in, in how they're prolonging the fossil fuel industry and its climate wrecking activities. So uh, we we went in uh, stronger that time, and we had about 40 uh, activists from various groups, from Move Beyond Coal, Stop Adani, uh, Extinction Rebellion, and Stop Fossil Fuel Subsidies, and in really a very well-coordinated and peaceful protest, we obstructed, uh, well, we disrupted, let's say, disrupted that building for the better part of two hours, and most of the public uh, were on our side, and when we finally left, they clapped us this away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that seems to be increasingly the case, doesn't it? That people are actually, uh, uh, you know, enthusiastic about uh, the, the actions for uh, protecting the climate. Yeah. One of the, the, the main messages, well, we, we had two main messages on the day to stop, uh, as you said, no new um, coal and gas. And the other one is to stop uh, fossil fuel subsidies, which were running at about, uh, uh, I think the figure is about $22,000 a minute. Australian uh, taxpayers uh, are funding subsidies to the fossil fuel industry. Um, but the main thing with Appia is to try and uh, you know, disrupt their social licence. And uh, the good news is you know, there are signs that's working. Firstly, um, after our protest, they have moved their headquarters and will not uh, advertise where they're located now. Um, they're, you know, they see themselves... Um, uh, a target, and also, more recently, they've actually changed their name to the Energy Producers Association. So you can see they don't want petroleum or gas in their name yeah. uh, because they're losing uh, their social licence. So all good signs that we're actually having impact. Yes, it was one of the things that your action was explicitly saying, that you hereby remove their social licence, and uh, at least symbolically. Uh, can, I, can I just ask, just specifically on the day where you, uh, what was your part in the action? What were you, what were you uh, doing with this, uh, with all of this, uh, yeah. this activity? So, so, so it was quite an elaborate uh, uh, theatrical event. Um, often our protests do have that sort of... Uh, element to um, to lighten the, the atmosphere and whatever. So um, we we had dinghies and everyone was dressed in life jackets and uh, up on the roof there was a big banner in the shape of a boat hmm. uh, with life buoys and a, a big message, uh, we love Northern Rivers, hmm. um, on it. Um, because as you said, this was done uh, and the, on the, the day before the anniversary of the Lismore floods. Um so we had 40 people there. We had people giving out leaflets. We had people giving out uh, biscuits. Uh, we had police liaison there. Um, and people, uh, you know, uh, there was a PA there, so we had people talking. Um, and almost everybody really uh, uh, got into it. The, uh, the, off- the, um, you know, the office uh, managers... Well, the building managers uh, were a little bit upset, but uh, they got over it. And the police, uh, overall, was, was, were um, very courteous. Um, so, uh, yeah, and so five of us had made the decision that uh, 
we wanted to escalate it to uh, being in an arrestable situation. So uh, uh, three of the, of the five glued um, onto near the main entrances mm. and uh, and uh, yeah, eventually got to arrested for unreasonable obstruction, even though everybody could get into the building. Yes, that's an interesting point in the whole case, is that uh, you didn't actually block anyone's access to the building. They still had access in and out, even though, you know, your theatrical uh, presentation of, of, of wanting to stop uh, the, the activities from, from the outside, you still had left the yeah. cur- g- given the courtesy to anyone who did want to come and yeah. go from that building that they should still be able to. Yeah. Yeah, we were basically asking, um, asking the people working there, we won't be here for long, uh, you know, are you happy to to uh, yeah, have a coffee, have a chat, and um, you know, uh, uh, for those who wanted to get in, uh, could get in, and that's one of the main defences. The two main defences that we um, are bringing into the court case, firstly, that uh, we weren't obstructing entrance, and secondly, that it wasn't unreasonable. And I would think that uh, um, uh, you know, the climate crisis that we're in, uh, disrupting APIA is quite a reasonable action yeah absolutely and um look uh, john i've got uh, eddie lloyd here who's been uh, who's, who's a local solicitor who's been working on a lot of these kinds of cases he's a bit of a, an expert on the uh, on the, the the legalities of uh, of protest and the law and i yeah. think she's got a question for you g'day john how are you Good, thank you. Thanks so much for standing up for our community all the way down there in the ACT. We really appreciate that, you know, making people aware all all the way down there where the parliament lives. Um, I just wanted to know um, about your case. What do you think they're going to claim was unreasonable in if if everyone could um, come and go from the building? Have you got any idea? I mean, is your is it set down for three days? Like, what is there to argue? Yeah. Uh, well, no, they'll, they'll still they'll, they'll bend on some sort of they'll, on some sort of uh, definition of obstruction. Now, we we did have a lot of stuff in front of the doors, and we had to you know uh, people to go around the back of the building to get in. Uh, um, so uh, yeah, but who knows? I mean, we've, uh, we've you, I'm not sure if you read. We've got actually got Bernard Caleri. Mm, uh, mm, I did. Uh, so you yep. representing us? Yeah. Um, if people don't know him, you, you might be able to give just a bit of it. He's protect. He's uh, represented some very important um, cases over the years. He has, uh, and himself being um, someone who's been in the firing line of the uh, government uh, persecuting and prosecuting him. As yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so. look, I I wish you the best of luck. I just think. They're going to have a real problem getting over the unreasonable argument. I don't see how, if they could get out the back door, how that amounts to an unreasonable obstruction. But, you know, it depends on who, who you're in front of on the That's day right. sometimes. But you're, you've got the best lawyer in town with Bernard, so good luck. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, so well, that's that's good, uh, very positive, uh, helpful legal uh, opinion, and uh, you know, there on the uh, uh, from, from our resident expert here. 
and uh, thanks. Uh, but they, they've got the um, – so you've got uh, – your case is coming up um, on the 31st. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, so what's happening in the in the lead-up to this? We, I've honestly found a lot of difficulty finding any coverage of this story at all in the in the media when I did my, my, did my research, as they say these days, when I did a Google yeah, search yeah. for it. Uh, uh, have you had much interest from the media up till now? Yeah, I think that now that we're getting close to it, we'll be ramping that up. Uh, there'll be a rally outside the uh, the court in the first morning, um, and uh, we um, yeah. So we'll be kicking in the gear to get the attention over the next uh, two or three weeks. Um, but you know, it, it's uh, uh, often climate protesters will will plead guilty and uh, move on. Uh, you know, like as Dr. Collette said, you know, often there's draconian our conditions waiting for your case to be heard. So the quicker you be guilty and get on to the next uh, protest, the better. But this one we feel is important. Um, you know, high-profile uh, target, APA, we've got a high-profile barrister representing us. And, you know, it could be a bit of a, you know, uh, a landmark case if, we, uh, if we're actually found um, uh, not guilty. So, um, uh, yep, that, that's... We're, we're wrapping up, ramping up the, the media um, blitz now. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad that we can be uh, one of the first cabs off the rank here yeah. to help launch that story for you because very important yeah. that it gets out there. And, yeah. I'd, I'd like to do also do a shout-out to our friends in Lismore. I've got family up in the Northern Rivers and uh, you know, a lot of, you know, quite a few Lismore Northern Rivers people come down to Canberra uh, to help us uh, with our activities down here. You know, I think you have Violet and Andy and uh, Daisy, mm. and you know you've got Marley who went to Sydney, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, so you know we are, you know, our hearts. We know you still got a world of pain up there, so our hearts are with you. Mm, yeah. Well, as you know, John, thank you for that, and I'm sure they'll all be glad to hear, you know, you, you giving that shout-out. Um, as you know, uh, you know, we're running a, a, you know, our, our, our sort of a feature, like for focusing on freedom of speech, and, and uh, just wondered how you think this, your case, uh, the, the case of the Appier Five, fits into that broader, uh, you know, uh, sort of nationwide trend that seems to be on to try to crack down on freedom of speech across Australia. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I think it's in, important to it. Uh, the ACT is a bit more blessed because we um, we don't have a fossil fuel industry here. Uh, we, you know, we've got a, um, a Labor Greens uh, state-level government. Um, so, you know, we, we haven't seen the crackdown on peaceful protest that uh, you see in other states, you know, Western Australia, Victoria, New South Wales and, and Queensland that have that, uh, um, you know, are basically captured by the fossil fuel industry. So, uh, yeah, in some in some ways uh, it means it gives us probably more, more responsibility to be out there because we can actually in uh, Canberra um, be more outspoken and, uh, and not be uh, shut down. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's a it's a it's a big responsibility to take on for the rest of the the country. As you say, there's there's every other state yeah. is, uh, is is having a crackdown on on protests. Yeah, and uh, um, 
you know, in Canberra we've got, uh, um, you know, the seat of federal government, but also these organisations like Appian, now the now uh, with its uh, new name, uh, Minerals Council, and also the the uh, political parties' heads offices, where we've got plenty of targets here. So, um, you know, watch our space because there'll be, I'm sure, as the as the climate um, as, as the consequences of the climate. Uh, become more and more obvious. Uh, I sense that we'll be having bigger and bigger activities in Canberra for mm. climate access to come to. Mm, mm. And so, I, I actually one of the things that I, I wonder about with your case is uh, what are the consequences? What's what's the actual the worst case scenario uh, for you yeah. for the Appia Five? Yeah. So, Sean, really, it does don't worry me particularly. Um, Firstly, this is this is um, you know I've got two grandkids and uh, two young ones and whatever happens uh, happens. But again, because we're in the ACT, uh, this will be my sixth or seventh um, charge. So I've got a bit of a criminal record already. For example, um, uh, we um, a couple of years ago now we redecorated the outside of the lodge uh, wall with. Um, spray paint, it was the climate duty of care, if you remember at the time mm-hmm. when uh, Susan May was uh, was up against those uh, students uh, who claimed that she had a duty of care. Um, and the magistrate uh, um, heard us and said that, uh, well, he couldn't um, not uh, find us guilty, because we plead guilty, and he said, if I wouldn't, if I could, I wouldn't uh, find you. Uh, but I have to, so here's $20 per offence. <laughs> so, uh, you know, again, we're blessed in the ACT. Uh, we wouldn't, in, you know, if we're in Western Australia uh, or uh, even New South Wales, Queensland, it would have been much heavier. So, you know, who knows? As, as, uh, as uh, is it Gladdy? Um, Eddie? Gab, Eddie uh, said, you know, um, you know, it depends who you get on the day. Mm. Um but I suspect uh, even if we're found, well, if we if we are found guilty, then yeah, it'll be a fine. Right. Well, that all sounds like uh, you know a, a, a good action, well worth taking uh, for yeah. the the risks that you're facing. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, hopefully, uh, you will be exonerated, and and uh, the 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 charges will have to be thrown out from the sounds of it. Uh, that they don't have much basis for saying that you've been unreasonable. It seems very, it seems eminently reasonable to me to be uh, <laughs> demanding an end to uh, you know fossil fuel uh, exploration and production. And uh, it also seems like you've uh, exhibited the highest levels of, uh, of, uh, of of reasonableness on the day when, uh, you know, like I've, I can see the pamphlet that you were handing out to people, you know, saying why we are disrupting this building and, uh, you know, just giving some clear in, in information to everybody who was around. It was all all very calm and reasoned uh, from, from, from my perspective. But um, yeah. Thank you, John, for all of that, for all of that work. And please keep us in touch with, uh, you know, developments as they progress. Will do, Sean. Can I do a shout-out, uh, one more shout-out, if that's okay? Why not? Yeah. Um, so the next biggest action that uh, Canberra's getting involved in is the uh, Newcastle Coal Port blockade by rising tide. Yep. Uh, you might want to ask them uh, to come on to the show. It's happening in November. And, you know, Dr Collette said, you know, uh, and Bob Brown, for that matter, yeah, vote, but really, 
uh, if you're uh, if you can get involved in uh, nonviolent direct action. And there's going to be about three thousand people uh, in Newcastle uh, at the end of November. If you go to risingtide.org. Uh, .au, uh, yep. get some more information uh, or register and come down and, and join us. Again, it's going to be a very festive, family-friendly event over four days. Fantastic heads up. Thanks for the reminder, John. We definitely want to get somebody from Rising Tide on the show, so we'll make that a priority over the next couple of weeks, well well before the event comes up. But thanks for giving everybody that uh, heads up. We've got it up on the Environmental As Anything Facebook page uh, for people to share around if they're interested in getting the details. It's easy to find the uh, the details from Rising Tide. Just look through the Environmental As Anything Facebook page there where we've got it prominently linked. It's on our events. Uh, we've included it as one of our events. So, yeah, thank you, John, for, for, oh. for keeping the good work, uh, keeping good fight going and keeping people informed about what's happening okay thank you to john worker for he is one of the appia five from the act standing uh, uh, up to charges of uh, uh you know uh, creating a, an, uh, an unreasonable obstacle or uh, <laughs> obstructing uh, the the uh, the uh, the offices of the fossil fuel uh, lobbyists uh, and apologists there in canberra from apia and uh, he's uh, facing with that uh, that group some some significant charges, which he's got high hopes uh, of being able to uh, to to see see off and actually then move on to uh, to bigger and better things. You're tuned into Environmental as Anything. Thanks for being with me today. We've got more to come. We're still uh, going to speak to uh, the uh, to Sasha uh, from the Parliament 14 from Brisbane. So going from the ACT, uh, we've been to Tasmania and the ACT now. So we'll go from uh, from the ACT on to Brisbane next and talk to Sasha about uh, what's going on with the Parliament uh, 14 and uh, their uh, threats of up to three years in prison for having uh, spoken for three minutes in Parliament. Of all the people who've spoken in the Queensland Parliament who, who could uh, be justified in being sent to prison, uh, these, uh, these 14 uh, peaceful protesters don't seem to qualify, in my opinion. But anyway, uh, we'll be talking to Sasha about all of that very soon. Back to where I used to be Free Again Free 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 again from Barbara Streisand My goodness me She's one of those great talents too Never ceases to amaze what uh, never ceases to amaze me is the vast array of courageous and honest people who are willing to stand up for a better future for us all here on Environmental as Anything. I have the great privilege of speaking to a lot of them and uh, today is, uh, is not an exception. We have uh, in Brisbane, the uh, Brisbane 14, a group of 14 climate defenders facing court on the 23rd of October. These 14 uh, brave souls are the first Queenslanders in 30 years to be charged with the archaic criminal offence of disturbing the legislature. It carries a potential jail sentence of three years. 
uh, in November last year, driven by frustration, fear and desperation. They all stood up in the Queensland Parliament during question time and loudly demanded that the government must stop new coal and gas expansions. So people are being invited to come and stand alongside the Parliament 14 when they case when they face court on uh, Monday the 23rd of October and uh, demonstrate for support for their 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 commitment to free speech and send a free a strong message to the government that the community will no longer accept the approval of new coal and gas projects. So I'm very glad to have on the line from Brisbane right now, Sasha Steindl, who grew up in rural Queensland and moved to the city to study architecture and graphic design. And she's been working in the design industry uh, for the last eight years and is a lover of nature and of animals. Uh, she's, uh, you know, regularly vo- found volunteering for community uh, actions and events and has been involved in grassroots direct action over the last four years in Queensland, New South Wales and the ACT. She's worked in multiple climate justice and social campaigns, including Extinction Rebellion and Blockade Australia. And she was one of the 14 people who were charged after disrupting the Queensland Parliament House in November last year. She believes that just as history has shown, it is the power of the people that is going to create the change we need to see. So, Sasha, thank you for joining Environmental as Anything today. Hey, Sean. Yeah, thanks for having me. Look, it is a great privilege. Uh, you've uh, c- performed a courageous action up there to try to uh, speak truth to power in the halls of power, in the actual parliament of Queensland. Can you tell us about that day? What happened that on uh, on that fateful day of the 23rd of October? Oh, sorry, not the 23rd of October. That's, that's the <laughs> November day of court, last year. November last year. Yes, that's right. Sorry. So yeah, what happened no on that worries. day in November last year? Um, yeah, so uh, 14 of us um, uh, attended Queensland Parliament House um, during the last sitting week of the year um, and a number of people uh, disrupted uh, during question time by hanging uh, banners um, over the balcony um, and chanting no new coal and no new gas um, for about three minutes. Uh, we were there, and we were then uh, hastily removed from the building um, and, yeah, booted out and told to, you know, go on our way. Right. So you've uh, performed an action, made your point, uh, you know, no harm was done. Uh, you know, probably the most sensible thing said in the Queensland Parliament on the day, I'm guessing. Oh, look, question time, um, as many people probably know, is a very noisy, uh, you know, uh, really uh, interesting time to witness um, a bunch of adults just yelling and screaming across the room to each other. Um, It's, yeah, interesting. Interesting indeed. I've got uh, Eddie Lloyd, who's a local solicitor and a bit of an expert in, uh, in well, she's a criminal lawyer and a, an expert in uh, the protest laws around uh, having having defended a lot of them quite successfully. She's here across the desk from me and was wanting to ask you a question, I think. Oh, look, Sasha. G'day, how are you? Yeah, go ahead. I just, uh, I just wanted to say good on you and good luck. And, um, yeah, how utterly ridiculous it is for really what did you guys do? You said some words. That's the crime. You said some words in parliamentary question time and as um, you pointed out uh, what goes on on the floor of parliament 
really what we have are politicians that are screaming words that they're directed to scream from the vested interests like the coal and gas lobby uh, telling them to, to say. So I, yeah, I just think this is all a bit of a gaslighting situation. They're the ones that are disrupting the democracy. <laughs> Indeed, you guys are the ones that are trying to bring it, bring democracy back. So good on you. Is it a nine-day trial, I heard? Uh, it's a one-day trial. Oh, one day. Um, yeah, one day. Um, we are hoping that it's finalised on the 23rd. Mm. Um, however, you know, you never know what happens in court mm. um, until it's happened. So mm. we'll have to wait and see. Mm. And so have you guys all pleaded not guilty or guilty? Um, yeah, the 14 of us have pleaded uh, not guilty. Uh, myself and another one uh, have an additional charge um, and we've also pleaded not guilty to that. Um, yeah. It was, you know, um, not listening or following direction um, by Mr Speaker. So, Oh, that's um, just so one. naughty, Sasha. <laughs> so naughty. And how long ago did this happen? Uh, this was in November last year. So, so like nearly, a year. Um, nearly a year. And have you yeah, been they, on... And this is a tactic that they use, of you course. know, to Protract, draw things out. crush you down over time with onerous bail conditions and um, whatnot. And, this, you know, it all just plays on your mental health, you know. You're well and truly being punished by the time, you know, the day, the day of court comes, you know, and um, it's utterly ridiculous and what a, what a, what a shameless waste of um, taxpayers' money on these kinds of trials and the, and, the court, and the courts as well who are there to administer justice, not to endorse the injustice. So I hope you get justice on the day, Sasha. We'll be thinking of you. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah. Speaking of justice on the day, uh, in, in, have you you've got a representation? You've got uh, have you got, got a good legal team uh, working on your case? Yeah, we're being represented um, by the EDO, which is the Environmental Defenders Office, um, and we've got some uh, local a lo- local uh, legal team um, who will be representing us on the day. Um, so yeah, I think we're in good hands. Good, good. And um, so, what is the, uh, the 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 you know do, what is their assessment of your prospects? Oh, look, they're you know um, the fact is that we're facing a maximum of three years for three minutes of action in Parliament House, which you know is pretty um, uh, just interesting in 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 that fact. Uh, they're disturb- disturbing the legislature. Um, as a, um, you know, as a charge is worse than taking a weapon into Parliament House. So, you know, the the law is, like you said, archaic um, and, you know, I think uh, it'll be interesting the outcome that we get um, from this. For sure. I think it's interesting that the uh, that they're declaring themselves to be disturbed. I think it's clearly a disturbed legislature that could uh, possibly pass uh, new coal, gas, and oil uh, projects at at this point in the climate emergency. Oh, the, the 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 climate crisis that we're currently facing, and that you know um, marginalised communities are already you know witnessing and experiencing, is disturbing. That's what's disturbing. Um, you know, we were completely peaceful um, protesters on a different floor to them. Um, they have all the power. They are not the victim here. They are the oppressors. Um, and, you know, we are there to tell them that 
um, what they're doing is not good enough and it's not for the um, everyday people who they're meant to be representing. No, and, and can I, I actually wanted to, to tease that out a little bit. What, what, what is it that has been going on in the Queensland Parliament? You know, we're here in New South Wales, we might not hear about a lot of it. So what, what, what are some of the, the, you know, the headlines of, of, of what the Queensland Parliament and government have been doing uh, to make the climate emergency worse? Oh, I mean, well, one of the, you know, um, there's, there's a range of different things um, and I probably won't bore you with too many, um, you know, depressing uh, headlines, uh, but the, you know, I, you can see that the, the, the climate crisis is worsening, has worsened even since the action that we took in November last year um, and they are continue, continuing to approve, um, you know, expansions of coal mine and gas mines in this state. Um, and that's exactly why we were there on the day um, to say that that's not good enough, really. So, um, yeah, they're, they're continuing full steam ahead, um, business as usual, which is exactly what um, got us into this position in the first place. Mm. Well, good on you, uh, Sasha, and the other 13 for um, pleading not guilty, because I think that's really important that people um, stand up to these charges if they can mentally withstand the uh, crushing effect of the court process itself going on and on. And I hope you're comforted by that archaic, I think it's an 1899 provision that you've been charged with, where I think I saw a case where farmers went in with barbed wire and weapons to Parliament, like quite violent, oh. uh, and they were all found not guilty by a jury. So, yeah, yeah I hope that right. uh, that uh, gets raised and gives you some confidence um, because uh, for saying, what, five words over and over again, uh, it's absolutely ludicrous and good on you for standing up in, in, in not guilty pleas and I hope that um, the magistrate on the day finds you not guilty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, that was then. What next? What are we going to? Uh, what What do you hope to see happen um, around the day of the the uh, your your trial and and afterwards? We've got um, a rally happening um, in the morning of the twenty third um, that Monday um, in support of the fourteen of us going into court. Um, we're expecting a fair bit of media there um, to cover, you know, hopefully an outcome. Um, and so, yeah, we would obviously love a lot of support um, from the community, uh, you know, whoever can be in town. Um, we'll be meeting um, just near the magistrate's court um, across the road at, um, yeah, a park. So uh, I think there'll be some speeches there of people who have also experienced, you know, the increasing repression um, from the police across the nation. And, yeah. It's uh, so important that people get out to actually uh, to voice their, uh, their, their freedom to speak uh, and to support it uh, if they, or, or they will eventually uh, very quickly lose it, won't they? Oh, absolutely. Like, protest is such a, um, you know, important, um, just, oh, just basic human right um, mm. that we should be able to, um, you know, express dissent um, to things that, you know, are not appropriate um, that are happening in the world. And we've seen it 
you know, many, many times um, over history and that has, you know, the people power um, that has come from those actions have created the change that many of us are, you know, benefiting from um, today. And there's still so much that we need to fight for, you know, from First Nations rights to, um, yeah, the climate crisis. Um, it's, it's all, you know, involved and interlinked. It is indeed. And there is so much going on. Uh, you were mentioning earlier that uh, you're aware of other actions which are uh, up for, uh, uh, you know, appearance in court in Brisbane soon. Uh, was that to do with uh, Blockade Australia you were talking about? Yeah, so one of the 14 um, of the, you know, Parliament people um, was also a part of... Uh, his name's Dash... Um, it was also part of, uh, you know, a series of actions that happened uh, across the continent um, a few months ago. Um, and, yeah, so he... There was a there was four actions um, over five days uh, based at the lead, you know, the road leading in um, and the train line leading into Brisbane Port. Um, and, yeah, it was a part of a, a wider... Um, series of actions that also happened um, in Nam, um, uh, Melbourne, and in Sydney. Oh, sorry, Newcastle as mm. well. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, and he, you know, we talked about uh, bail um, earlier and the use that police and the magistrates have used that. But he was held on remand simply for the fact of being on bail to not go into um, Parliament House. Yet, you know, his action was not related to Parliament House. He did not break that bail, and yet he was held on remand for a, uh, a week. So um, you can see that use of, um, you know, of of the of the powers um, excessively there. Yeah, yeah, it has that chilling effect. It's, it's intended to, to have, doesn't it? So, uh, um, so we're, we're going to have. Is he up for trial this in in the next few weeks? Is that what's happening? Yeah, um, he has. He's finished um, his uh, court hearing, um, but there are about uh, four or five others um, that are still um, going through um, court from from that that week. Um, two of them. There were another two who were also held um, on remand, um, and they're still waiting to um, be. Yeah, go through court as well. Um, so we'll see what happens. I don't believe there's a sentencing date for that yet, though. So, um, you know, once again, it's just another waste of, um, yeah, the magistrate's time of the police delaying tactics, um, yeah, in the court system. Mm, yeah. Well, uh, hopefully people can focus in on the 23rd of October at 9.30am at the Brisbane Magistrates Court building and, uh, you know, demonstrate uh, their support for these courageous people and send a strong message to the government and the media that there is strong support for free speech and the right to protest and that the community will no longer accept the approval of new coal and gas projects. And uh, get behind you, get up there to Brisbane. We're not too far away from uh, from Brisbane here in Lismore to be able to come up and actually join you on those uh, uh, on that day. Yeah, I, as well as John, have a lot of friends in Lismore. Um, and, yeah, sending my love to them all. But, um, yeah, any support we can get. Also, just, you know, the fact is that, you know, the, we are getting desperate and we need to see um, more peaceful direct action taken um, across the continent and yeah there's many groups out there that you can um, 
you know, get involved with, whether that's, yeah, Extinction Rebellion or Blockade Australia. Um, you know, yeah, it's all about community um, and, and taking that direct action um, because the government is not listening and the science has been there for over 30 years. Um, but, you know, it, yeah, that's what we need to see. Yes, indeed, we do. So uh, if people are looking for the details, they can always find them on the Environmental as Anything Facebook page where I've uh, shared the, uh, the event uh, there for people to be able to, uh, you know, to invite their friends to come along to it and, uh, and get the details whenever they want to. So, uh, Sasha, thank you for your courage and your commitment and uh, the ongoing efforts you're making for us all for a safe climate. Yeah, no worries. It's no easy feat um, and many hands make light work. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, the more the better. Um, and, you know, we've also got COP28 um, coming up, the United Nations Climate Change Conference, which, you know, they've had 28 of them and still nothing um, is actually coming out of them. So, um, yeah, I think that's another opportunity for um, groups to tell people, or to tell the people in power that, what they're doing is not enough and how long are we, how many cops are we going to have, you know, until people actually do something. Mm, mm. Indeed, indeed. So much going on. Well, thank you. Look, keep us posted, please, here on Environmental as Anything and uh, so we can we can share uh, what's going on with the rest of uh, the, the our community. Yeah, no worries. We will. Thanks so much for having us on. It's so important that the media is like talking about climate change as if it's a real thing and, um, yeah, not shying away from it. Well, that's fine. Thanks We're gonna, so much. That's fine. We'll have it all on the podcast. If you want to share it around with uh, people, you're most welcome to do that as well. Yeah, perfect. Thanks. Okay. See you, Sasha. Bye. That was Sasha Steindl, uh, who's one of the uh, the uh, Parliament 14, as they're styling themselves, uh, that uh, group of people who got up and uh, tried to speak truth to power in the uh, Queensland Parliament. But uh, you know, unfortunately, that Parliament, being a little bit uh, uh, a little bit of a bunch of snowflakes, basically, uh, felt disturbed by the uh, the experience of having heard the truth spoken in those uh, hallowed halls, and uh, and uh, charging them with with uh, offences which could uh, lead to uh, three year prison terms if they go badly. So, uh, yep. Get behind those guys if you can. Uh, get up there to Brisbane or do whatever you can to invite your friends to be along there. And, uh, well, hopefully we can uh, actually stand up for our freedom to speak truth to power. So I'm going to uh, play a track now. And uh, straight after that, I think we'll have a quick chat with uh, Eddie to try to summarise some of the big issues around uh, freedom of speech and freedom of protest here in Australia. You're tuned in to Environmental As Anything. We stand here in rebellion and we demand that equal sides a crime in love and rage and peaceful disobedience. The signs are clear, we're running out of time. We're standing here, for this is an emergency. We're standing here, for all that we hold dear. We're standing here, for beauty and diversity. And we're standing in the love 
That's all part of our Festival of Freedom here on Environmental as Anything. So uh, we've been talking through the uh, threats to the freedom to protest. And of course, there's very few in the land who are better qualified to speak of uh, those than our very own Eddie Lloyd. Who's God, you're putting sli- me in the firing line to get silenced, saying things like that. Putting in the hot seat uh, to, to, get, uh, to, to get a bit of a wrap up, uh, Eddie. What, what mm. We've got, uh, there's a lot going on. We've talked Everywhere. about a lot of different issues. Yeah, yeah I was just um, thinking about the Burrup Hub situation this week. Um, mm. How disgusting that was mm. uh, with um, the police trying to seize all of the ABC um, footage and then obviously get the sources and uh, lay charges on everyone who had been involved in that. Over a long period of time, that story was in the making and, um, you know, contracts were signed and whatnot between those people speaking to the ABC and that was under the understanding that none of that material would be, you know, provided to anyone mm. and, you know, they, they don't have to reveal their sources but there's a... There's some heavy-handed uh, police uh, really pushing the ABC. They asked them for everything and now they're saying, oh, no, maybe just a few things, you know, trying to sound reasonable. But no, nothing. Mm. No, nothing. Mm. Nothing should be handed over. And if the ABC, our independent, you know... National broadcaster. National broadcaster does that, then we're goners, you mm. know, like really. What, 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 that there's, there's no free speech then, you know, mm. if you can't even speak to the media about about what's going on and um, that all came out of that uh, Woodside um, protest where there were a couple of people that attended the home of uh, the CEO, Meg O'Neill, there Mm. that day and um, they didn't even get to do an action because the Mm. police were already there and she was practically waving from the window down at everyone, never any danger Mm. to her and they all after that just got arrested and detained and on onerous bail conditions and got guns pulled on them and um, then AVOs, remember? Like they couldn't talk to the media and then now the Mm. stories come out. Oh, it's absolutely, utterly ridiculous and I think there's nothing more grave than, than what's going on in WA in terms of seeing the state really side with, you know, the, the police side with the parliament uh, to protect you know, these uh, fossil fuel uh, operations that are killing us, you know, and it's very, very frightening. So today we've had stories from, you know, Queensland, the ACT, you know, we're always talking about what's going on here in New South Wales. Tassie with Dr Colette, she was trying to protect, you know, the swift parrot, in Mm. fact, you know, in in Tarkine, Tarkina and... uh, she, um, you know, has done it before and she got three months jail because the magistrate deemed she needed, you know, that was it, that was the final call and, and you know, the prison was going to rehabilitate her mm. and her point was made, you mm. know. How am I going to get re... What do I have to do? Start ha- hating nature, mm. you know. Mm. But, um, yeah, very harmful going into prison. So I don't think that three months was an easy stretch for her to do. She seemed to make light of it, but uh, she certainly didn't seem to be uh, uh, without being uh, affected by it. Risden Prison is Mm. a horrible place. Mm. It's just grey. It's Mm. it's frightening, you know. Mm. So... 
So yeah. this, but uh, you know, you've mentioned WA explicitly, and we did go into that at some length uh, only a couple of weeks ago here on the show with the Borough Pub people. So that's good to to touch that base. Um, there's also, I mean, like it's going on around the country though, isn't it? The South Australia has just passed what have been described mm. as some of the most draconian laws in Australia for uh, you know against protest. New South Wales has been passing its own. Well, we've been leading laws. in the way there, haven't we? So I mean, yeah, South Australia just introduced more laws that increase the monetary penalty, I think, to $50,000 and now imprisonment's on the table. And in and New South Wales, where we saw what happened with Violet and many other protesters in New South Wales and continually, and I've got another matter at the end of the month at Grafton Local Court, 31st of October, of someone locking onto a harvester, you know, mm. no record, you know, an older person just cares about the environment, is an ecologist and he gets arrested, puts in a paddy wagon... He gets taken to the cop shop. Mm. He's like detained for five hours. You know, they could have just given him a posted out of court attendance Good notice in, in the mail and then he gets onerous bail conditions just like Sasha was talking about with the Parliamentary Five. And that's how the executive really crushes people, you know, in, and in line with the Parliament who makes these laws that they then carry out. And um, they take away the job of the judiciary, really, yes. is what they're doing. Because by the time people get to um, their final court date, because there's so many delays in the court system a year at least for these people, by the time they get there, they have been so badly punished you know they've already suffered extracurial punishment and so i really see that as an as an impingement on the court's role and the judiciary role because the police are really punishing you know they're in, that that's the job of the courts but the police are doing it through these bail conditions and restrictions of people's liberty yeah, it's just dreadful. Well, you've you've spoken about that previously on on the show about the idea of the judicial independence and the, the separation of powers. The, the the fact that there are checks and balances within the Westminster system between and you spoke about it uh, the other night uh, at the uh, at the the, the Star Court Theatre talking uh, with uh, John Shipton and David McBride about their uh, situations, their pleas for. Uh, so there's these the, the, there's the, the the various different estates. The, uh, the as I'll try to reflect back what you said. Uh, there's the the executive um, and the legislature and the uh, the judiciary uh, are, are the three arms of the the government, which are all supposed to balance each other. They're supposed to be independent of each other. Uh, so I wonder about the judicial independence, whether this uh, like increasingly jacking up the the consequences and and reducing judicial independence by doing so, mm. whether they're they're in danger of alienating the judiciary and causing them to uh, to actually to to respond by 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 you know <laughs> some kind of. Uh, uh, you know, a judicial strike, if I, if you like. Oh, I wish that they were awake to that, but I don't think they are. You know, it's just one of those things that's just become common practice, these bail conditions, and then lawyers have to go to um, court. Many people represent themselves and try to, you know, get these bail conditions amended and deleted and whatnot, and... Um, there's just a culture of acceptance, unfortunately, systemic acceptance in the in the judiciary about that, that they're not really looking at these bail conditions as the punishment as they are. You know, non-association orders, handing over phone numbers, restricted from social media, um, address conditions, reporting for people who've got no record that are facing finally offences that have already been detained for five hours and humiliated, you mm. know, like... Yeah, it's a, it's a real worry and I think we need to kind of, you know, start talking about that, you know, mm. like they, the, the police are handing out the punishment. 
you know, in these cases. And by the time they get to court, then they get a second punishment and lawyers don't always point that out, you know, like, well, they've been on these onerous bail conditions for 12 months. Hang And, and it's not just that. It's the, it's the mental health impact of these cases on your lives, you know, and feeling like a criminal, like being gaslit in that way, that psychological damage that happens to people when they're, you know, waiting for their day in court. That's why so many people end up folding and pleading guilty. Mm. Um, but thankfully, um, the leaders and the legends of uh, David McBride and uh, Julian Assange, um, David McBride, he's not going to fold no matter what, mm. which is um, very inspiring for all of us. I mean, the stakes could not be higher for him facing an unlimited term of 50 years. But in fact, his case, the stakes could not be higher for all of us because if they jail David McBride mm. for telling the truth of exposing Australian soldiers, murdering Afghani people, if he goes to jail for that, where's the democracy? There, we just don't have any. I mean, freedom of speech is a central tenet of democracy and these murders are outside the, uh, you know, rules of war, completely criminal. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's just, uh, it's it's a very, very frightening day if that happens. So hopefully uh, November 13, when he goes to trial, either Mark Dreyfus will, the Attorney General, intervene and withdraw the prosecution um, or they will go through a ridiculous circus uh, in court uh, where they'll just, you know, not allow the media in and, you know, hide information and call it classified when it's just humiliating to the government. Mm. Um and, you know, I'm sure they're going to be pressuring him to plead to something. There'll be, I think there'll be some deal offered and I don't think he's going to budge on that either. Yeah. So, because we need people like David McBride to stand up because there is nothing, um, you know, more important in the world, in a democratic world, uh, than having, you know, the right to speak freely. And, and it's interesting that sort of brings me back to something you said earlier, which was to congratulate Sasha for, uh, for, for pleading not guilty, mm. because it's when you plead not guilty that you get to be able to challenge the judiciary uh, to actually to take their role seriously, mm. isn't it? If you, mm. if you take that role away from the judiciary to be able to, to, to mm. sentence and to, to, to find on facts, mm. uh, etc., then, then mm. They, they, mm. They, they, you take the pressure off the judiciary yep, to, to exercise its independence. Such a good point. Mm. That's a good point. And it, and it entrenches the power between the parliament and the executive. Mm. So the parliament who make the laws, the executive, the police. So that's what we're seeing. And then it just gets that culture of people pleading and them thinking they've got these superpowers, you know. Mm. Yeah, and you're right, the judiciary not being, you know, not being um, involved at all in balancing out the overreach of those powers. And that's happening because people are so freaked out. Um, by all of the, you know, the increase in penalties, the chilling effect of that and, you know, being on these onerous bail conditions that so many uh, just plead guilty and you can't blame them, you know. There's no criticism of them. This is the system mm. that is failing them and that's what we saw in David McBride's place. Like he was failed by the parliament. He is a whistleblower. Mm. He went through all the internal channels, internal complaint, right up to the top of the ADF. Not nothing to see here. ADF right up to the top there. AFP, and uh, no, and uh, whistleblower laws that just don't protect the whistleblower. I mean, it's ridiculous. So now he's turning to the judiciary, just as the parliamentary fourteen are and the Appia five are turning now. Thank goodness they've all um, pleaded not guilty. Turning to the judiciary to say no, there's been an overreach here, and you have a role here to rectify that and administer justice. 
Mm. Um, and, you know, with more and more people doing that, I hope that we'll see, uh, you know, um, more and more attention brought on, you know, the courts rectifying the justice, rectifying these situations because, like, look at your show. It's been jammed, jammed, jammed. Like, every jurisdiction, like, every everywhere that you see now, I can't even keep up on the news of what's going on with all these, new, you know, people who are getting persecuted by the state. And it's terrible, but I think it's also a good thing because it's it, people are starting to be aware because it's just happening everywhere all of the time. So... Mm, mm. Yes, uh, it's 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 a widespread uh, trend across Australia and around the world. Uh, you know, the anti-democratic forces uh, like to, uh, to to minimise the role that uh, de- the, of our democratic institutions, and uh, it's 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 interesting that it's the anti-democratic forces that like to pass legislation that limit the power of the judiciary to interpret legislation and to interpret the executive's intentions. And in fact, that that is inherently anti-democratic when they when they do that and it you know like this is one of the fundamental powers of our democracy to actually have checks and balances i mean it's never perfect and i'm i'm a, I'm a I, the only thing great about democracy is that it just happens to be better than any other system we've had yet so uh, you know like if, if we want it to work we have to challenge it to work we have to we have to demand that it do what it that it does what it says on the label mm, that's the, right and we have to tell people to really pay attention to who is making the decisions and who has got the power power here because it's the lobbyists and it's the political donors that are filling our politicians' fat pockets full of cash that are influencing the decisions that they are making about our future and crowding crowding out our democratic voice. Mm. Um, And we really need to try to inform and educate, make people aware of where the power is and who's abusing it. And when we have that information... That is how we can take our power back when we vote and we vote for the right people who aren't corrupted by other vested interests. And that brings me to the, you know, we talked about the three estates and, of course, the fourth estate, which is the media and it is owned by the uh, the, 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 the corporate uh, profit takers and and any any profit-taking media is inherently corrupt. I mean, they talk about uh, free speech. I mean, I like the uh, the, 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 the Sky News uh, likes to talk about free speech. You never hear a free word <laughs> come out of the mouths of, of, you know, Andrew Blot or... or, or Blot, that's you a know, good name, yeah. And, Blot, yeah. Andrew Blot and... and Peter Credulous, yeah, uh, they, yeah. they, they, they don't utter, they never utter a free word because they're all expensive. They're very, they're very all expensive. They're paid those highly words. Highly paid. By word by word. Not yeah. one of them is free that's to speak right. their own mind. Uh, you know, they yeah. are all being paid to speak the, the script that's being yeah. given to them by the auto queue. It's only here on the independent uh, community media mm. where people can actually You're not getting paid at all. not being paid for this, people. And yet here I am with, you know, Getting the community voices out—that's what—that's the way it's, it's got to go forward. I think is we yeah. all need to get in. No one get paid. No one get paid. The, yeah, no, no one gets paid for speaking the truth. You tell the yeah. truth because it's 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 the truth. You know, like yeah. you don't need to be paid for that. And mm. uh, we you can don't all need do to it. be po- um, prosecuted and persecuted and jailed for fifty years either. No. Do no, you? No, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. But uh, look, there are uh, limited minutes left on the show, and before we go, I wanted to play a song for the uh, the Brisbane Parliament because it occurred to uh, to us while we were off air that uh, the three minutes that the uh, the the parliamentary fourteen disrupted. spent speaking yeah dis- disturbed disturbed mm. the Queensland the Parliament. War going on. In how Parliament. much more disturbing they could have been <laughs> if they'd taken three and a half minutes to. 
we've played Anarchy in the UK for them. Here it is. The Sex Pistols there for, uh, you know, for the Brisbane Parliament. Uh, how much more disturbed they might have been if uh, if those Brisbane 14 had actually taken three and a half minutes instead of three, hey, Eddie? <laughs> we might have... Uh, we, <laughs> we, we don't, don't know. They might have actually brought in the riot squad. There might have been gunfire in the Parliament mm, that day. If but they, what if they'd played Advanced Australia Fair? Well, Would they have been charged? <laughs> Yeah. Did you, you just swear? So. Did I? Not me. No. <laughs> no, no. Far be it from me. Oh, there you go. Butterwood okay. nodded. Butterwood, okay. <laughs> Shut the front door. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we are uh, just about at the end of our time together. Thank you so much uh, for being here, Eddie. It's been great to have you here in the studio to help uh, to get straight to some of those issues today. Always love being here. Thanks, Sean. And uh, what were you telling me? We've got uh, another hour? Another hour till the polls close on the referendum uh, to vote yes or no uh, for The Voice. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just see it pretty simply. I have not commented about it anywhere. I just think, for me, I'm not getting tied up in the details of it all. Yes is a positive word mm. and no is a negative. And I'm just going to go with a positive word. Mm. Yes. That's as, as simple as it gets for me. I'm not going to put any negative on what has already been a very negative experience for First Nations people. It's mm. just a yes. Mm. Yep. Pretty straightforward. Did you want to say something, Ryder? Ryder's here with us in the studio. Hello. <laughs> very good. Is, what do you want to say? Is this too loud? No, it's okay. all fine, mate. Okay. I don't have headphones. Um... No campaigns say that it's a big voice of division, like signs going up everywhere saying, no, it's a voice of division, when it's actually, it's actually really, it's a really simple question. It's a really simple question. Should Indigenous peoples of Australia have a voice in Parliament, basically? And um, I say yes. <laughs> Good on you, Ryder. That's fantastic. The voice of reason. Uh, and uh, we, are, um, we are now out of time. Thank you so much for being with us today here on Environmental As Anything. Uh, please come back next week. Oh, no, next week we'll be having the show. The Lismore show will be on. So join us next week for the, uh, the live presentation, the outside broadcast from the show. And uh, until we meet again, please uh, be gentle with yourself, be kind to each other, and remember we are all in this together. Thank you.
chance 